feelings follow actions. Not act, you can't feel your way into acting. You have to act your way into feeling. And that's what I talk with people about. Take a step. Power to Live More with Joe Dodds. Welcome to the Power to Live More podcast, all about productivity, organization, well-being, energy and resilience. I'm Joe Dodds and I started this show back in 2016 to enable interesting people to share their stories about how they use their power to live more. And by that, I mean how they focus on productivity, organisation, well-being, energy and resilience to enable them to do more of the stuff that they want to do and less of the stuff that they don't. After 241 shows, I've taken a pause from doing new interviews to reshare previous interviews. They were too good to not revisit. So please do bear in mind that this podcast might refer to events from the past as current or in the future. But rest assured that the stories, tips and advice shared by my guests continues to be pure gold. Hello, my name is Ellie Dodds and I am co-presenter and today Joe is interviewing Michael Allen Tate. Michael was introduced to us by Interview Valet. Michael has been an executive consultant and career coach for more than 20 years. He is the founder and president of On The Same Page Consulting, as well as an inspiring speaker and author. His first book, Design A Life That Works, teaches how to balance businesses, career, family and personal values in an individual strategic life plan. Mike's latest book, The White Shirt, is a career parable with tools to create successful career move strategies. Back to the studio. Today, I'm interviewing Michael Allen Tate of On The Same Page Consulting. Welcome, Michael, or Mike, as you said I can call you. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you, Joe. It's an honor to be here and to talk with you across the pond, so to speak. And uh, Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Lovely. So start by telling us a bit about who you are, what you do, and where you do it. Sure. Uh, uh, I'm a uh, – <clears throat> what I do is uh, I help uh, <clears throat> I help people make – successful transitions in their leadership in their life. Uh, I'm an executive coach, they call me, and a career advisor, the two things I do. uh, I work with organizations mainly, uh, and I work with boards of directors, and I facilitate uh, strategic plans. I work with uh, executives, about a third of my time one-on-one with executives, and about a third of my time with executive teams. So that's kind of what I do in my work. I've written uh, a three books and uh, so I do some writing. I have a blog. I have my own podcast called Small Time Leaders and I'm a, uh, <clears throat> uh, I'm a grandfather. I have uh, f- three children, four, five, grand- five grandchildren <laughs> and uh, I raise English setters. Uh, I quail hunt and I fly fish and I just uh, like to travel and spend time with my beautiful wife. So that's a little bit about me. Lovely. And where are you based? I'm in Birmingham, Alabama, not Birmingham, <laughs> England, as you can tell from the accent. <laughs> no. uh, the heart of the South, uh, you know, uh, so the magic city, Birmingham. Yep. Lovely. And I think it's a few firsts for the podcast. So we've not had a quail hunter on here before or somebody who raises red setters. I'm interested, intrigued with both of those things. How many do you have at any one time? Red, red setters, that is, not quails. Uh, yeah. The, uh, uh, <clears throat> well, I have uh, the most I've had is five. Right now we have three. 
and I have one that stays with me and I have two others that stay with other kind of houses, other people. But, and really quail hunting is not what I do as much as uh, training bird, bird dogs to point and hold and honor. And that, I mean, the, be- the beauty of quail hunting is you can, you can get up at nine o'clock instead of four o'clock in the morning. You can walk around and watch <laughs> your dogs work in the field and have conversation and they point and hold quail mm. and retrieve and uh, you know it's just the joy of seeing yeah. the dogs work it's just a, a beautiful thing it really is yeah yeah you've painted a, a good picture there for me i'm currently dog sitting for my friend and uh her, her dog is a cockapoo so i don't think he does very much pointing at all in fact uh, he's quite good at uh, running after birds but not very good at uh, controlling right. himself <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. we won't be doing any any hunting i don't think <laughs> no, no I, I don't think that there's any uh hunting blood in that that line of dogs so oh, but it's, it's, um, what's it? it's cocker spaniel they're quite quite oh, good at um they've been trained but um when you connect them to the to the uh, poodle bit of it i think it all goes a bit horribly wrong <laughs> he's very cute and cuddly but uh, yeah, we won't be yeah. doing too much training yeah they, they so. like to run and they like to run and bark and Yes, and, uh, exactly. Slowing down and, and getting on point. And if you saw my symbol of my company, it's a, it's a bird dog on point. And the point of that is that the best leaders have the ability to sort through all the bluebirds and redbirds and rabbits and squirrels and point the thing that's most important and stay on point on that. And that's why I have that as the symbol of my on the same page company. Ah, it's my logo. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Good to know. So, Tell us about how you got into doing that. Yeah, uh, well, I kind of have a checkerboard past. Uh, I'd, I'd never really planned to do this. I was uh, I was worked for UPS and uh, and uh, I went through school and they tra- trained me and I was planning to be with UPS and then I uh, had a an incident where I had a terrible accident and had about a year to sit and think about what I wanted to do with my life really and decided that I had pursued a higher calling in my words with, uh, with uh, being a minister, went to seminary and I enjoyed it, learned a lot. Uh, and I was a church administrator. I wasn't a pastor. So I ran, ran churches and headed up the education program at large churches and uh, here. And, uh, and I'd done that for a while. I was good at it, but it was really stressful. And I got re- really, really stressed. I actually went in the hospital with almost a nervous breakdown because of the stress and uh, that I felt. And so I decided to leave the professional ministry and, uh, and I didn't know what to do. So I went to a career counselor and uh, he didn't really know what to do because he, he gave me some tests and then he said, you should be a human resource director. And he, they sent out like three or 400 resumes. And I sat there and got one response and had one interview and it didn't go very well. And I'm going, I'm thinking, what's wrong with me? You know, I've got all this education. I've got all the credentials to do what I need to do, but I can't find work. And I remember how depressed I got even more depressed than I had when I was working, thinking, you know, what is it? And then I realized one day that it wasn't me. It was I just chose the world's worst way to find a job, which is sending out resumes and kind of, you know, going a shotgun approach. And so I decided at that time I was going to figure out how how really people could really make good career transitions in a simple, easy way because I didn't want anyone to go through what I went through with this career counselor guy. 
And so that's where I started my career in as a career advisor. That's what I did for 10 years when I worked with people who had actually lost their jobs and I helped them find new ones. And now from that, I went into uh, what I do now, which is helping people stay in their jobs and do better at their work. So that's kind of my uh, career path and where I mm. got to now. And uh, mm. anyway. So. And I'm interested in um, the sort of work you did as a career advisor, given the experience that you'd had. Because it's interesting, when I was at school, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I did some sort of assessment like you've described. And yeah. I remember, I don't remember much about it other than one of the things it should, said I should be is a, was a customs officer. <laughs> and, uh, and I've remembered that my whole life because clearly I'm not and I never was a customs officer. And I'm, right. I'm sure it wouldn't have been, uh, you know, my thing to do. Um, right. And yet, you know, the, the, the uh, career advisor was adamant that that was one of the things that I would have been good at. And right. um, yeah. it's interesting, isn't it? With my daughter, she's 13. She's just starting to think, uh, well, she's, I'm sure she's been thinking for a while about what right. she'd like to do because uh-huh. people ask her that all the time, but she has no idea the same as I didn't. Right. And, you know, we know a lot of jobs that exist that will exist in the future don't exist now anyway. So right. it's, yeah. it's an interesting sort of um, place to be. What did you do with your people? How did you help them knowing you know what the downsides were of of career advising because you'd experienced them what did you do differently uh well uh it's actually it's in my new book called the white shirt it's uh, how to find a peaceful life-giving career and life-giving way and what i wrote in that book is what i did with people and what i did with people in essence to to simplify it and i can give you more detail on how we got there but i helped them develop instead of developing a resume first we developed a career plan for their lives. And, uh, and, they, uh, uh, and so like if you're gonna start a business, you know, what would you do first, develop a brochure or develop a business plan? Well, I think you do a business plan. So I helped them develop a plan for their lives and their career first. And they went and shared that plan with people and asked for their advice and they led them to their career the premise of my book is this, ask for a job and you'll get advice, ask for advice and you'll find a career. And so that's the, that's what I taught them. And that's my approach. And that's the little book I wrote, my little parable I wrote with all these helps on how to find a career is based on that model. I love that. That fits so well with the stuff that I talk about around power to live more, you know, the whole thing about getting to do more of the things that you want to do and, you know, less of the stuff that you don't want to do and and how often we end up doing things that we didn't intend to do and didn't and don't actually want to do because we never get really clear right on you know what we do want to do and then even if we are clear on that we don't sort of take the necessary actions or or whatever so i love the idea of of being clear about what you want but then also having conversations with people to ask for help right and it becomes really a, a you you know job search uh is really just two parts, research and presentation. You know, you have to research yourself, research the market, and then present yourself in a way. But, you know, and if you look at, at job search as research, it becomes a whole different animal because you're not ever asking people about job openings or who's hiring. You're just saying, I'd like to learn more about this field in this area, and you could help me by looking at this list of companies I think I might like to work for. And giving me advice of other people would be good for me to talk to if I were getting in your field. And it just, and you really make a lot of friends along the way. And that, 
you know, and I, people, I, I talked to a young man yesterday and he had had three, three different jobs in four years and he found them all through, you know, Indeed or, uh, you know, online and, and he, there never was a fit. And I said, well, because you, you know, you use this, this way that it doesn't take into account your value. So if you go to your friends and ask for advice, they'll lead you to the people that share your values. So you'll have a fit in your job. And uh, so anyway, that's, uh, and it's interesting. You said your daughter's 13. One of the first things in my book I have people do is uh, to look back at themselves as a child and remember uh, their personality as a child, have a little exercise they do and have them go to their parents and ask, about their family career tree. That's the second part is who, you know, tell me about, and so they actually draw a career tree or the family career tree because we have a kind of career DNA that's out there that we usually, uh, if we're very aware of it, because, you know, our parents influence careers more than anything, career choices, their number one influence. And so understanding that you, you know, how powerful that, uh, your parents are in the influence, whether you, you go with it or not, but just be aware of it and how other people in your, uh, in your family, you know, you may not even know careers they have and they can be a help to help you, especially somebody younger. But, uh, you know, cause I work with a lot of uh, CEOs, chief executive officers and presidents of companies. They send their kids to me when their kids get out of college and can't find a job. And so I take them through this, uh, this process and, mm-hmm. uh, kind of help them uh, see. And that's really why I wrote the book was to, to help uh, people like that. But what I found was I worked with a guy that was 65 and he had finished a career in a nonprofit organization and he wanted to find something else and he could, he was struggling and I had him do a career tree and he discovered, he knew it, but he came to realize there were five people in his background who had worked in banking and financial services. And so he went and talked with them and now he's a, community representative for a bank here in town that you oh, had right. never thought about it until he went back and looked at his natural co- career connections is yeah that that uh, stream that kind of legacy he brought with him so yeah it's a I, I think you've, you've just highlighted why ellie's so confused because i <laughs> firstly was confused secondly her dad has a degree in chemistry and uh-huh. works in it yeah. and um and <laughs> a little story a few months ago she was talking about her friend who's the daughter of my best friend and she said or one of my best friends in case the other one's listening um, she said um she said oh she said why can't you just have a, a proper job like like uh, Elsie and I, like Elsie's mum and dad and I and I was like what do you mean and then I thought about it so Elsie's mum's a teacher her dad's a firefighter it's really easy to describe what they do yeah. Ellie's issue is that when she's anywhere and anyone says oh what, what does your, your mum do <laughs> she never knows what to say <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah and, so and, yeah there's no hope for her she's <laughs> well that, uh, the, in the but the point is and you've already made it that uh in the future the jobs that are out there won't don't even exist at this point. So I tell people never talk about job titles when you're doing <laughs> a job search, talk about the things you love to do and the places you love to be around Yeah, and the problems you like to solve. And, you know, the careers will just, because your mm. career is really just solving a problem. Mm. And so if you mm. take that, that label off of a career title, all of a sudden it opens up a lot of opportunities and discussion and, and like, you know, I believe, yeah. you know, half, half the world will be self-employed in, what, 2030, they'll be working for themselves. So we're going to have yeah. a whole different world. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it's that that is the same principle, isn't it? That that uh, it's the solving a problem thing. We were having a a discussion in my membership site this week uh, with one of the members who's sort of a year into her business, and we were talking about how she describes what she does because she's describing it from her own perspective, which is very technical because that's what she's good at. But right. actually, she needs to think about how she can describe it from her potential customers' point of view, wh- right. who are not very technical, which is why they need her help and we were you know focusing in on that sort of target market um uh, planning you know so thinking about who her target is and um and being really clear about who she wants to work with even to the point of it might be you know those five companies because Mm -hmm. she's identified that they're in the right sector and they do the stuff that she likes and she likes their values something else and Mm -hmm. And then how can she get to them by talking to people who have connections with them or, or whatever? Yeah. Um, so there's so much crossover. And as you say, it's sort of with the way that the world is going towards more, you know, freelancing and right. the gig economy, as, as is being said, a lot of the conversations that we're having now that may have started in a sort of job and career place, if you like, it's right. the same conversation, but it could equally lead to setting up businesses as much as it is about getting a job or looking for a job isn't it it is yeah Mm -hmm. because when i you know you asked me what i do and i you know i kind of described it but if so if someone asked me what i did and i was in the business world i would just say well have you ever had someone come and start at your business and get off on the wrong foot and and not have, have a hard time and they'll say yeah well have you ever had a strategic plan that stayed on your shelf and nobody ever picked it up and looked at it you know, have you ever found have a technical person that's that doesn't have the people skills to move up, and uh, and they look at me and I say that's what I do, and so that's you know that is all of us have those uh, people get it when you you can't say what an executive coach does, but that is that's what I do is help people address those kind of problems and and solve those. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's yeah. what, kind of what you were talking about. Yeah. Yeah, and you said that you've written three books. Tell us about the other two. Yeah. Uh, so my first book is called Design a Life That Works, Your Business, Career, Family, and Faith on the Same Page. And actually, you develop a one – at the end of that book, it shows you how to develop a one-page plan for your – a leadership and life plan that has your whole life on one sheet of paper for the next five years, What kind of what your focus will be. And, uh, and the current book is The White Shirt, uh, which is finding a life-giving career in a life-giving way. And then my third book is uh, will be released. It's now they just sent me the final copy. It'll be released this year, and it's called Roll Up Your Sleeves. It's a, a the white shirt is a series. I'm doing three books in the white shirt series. The first is uh, about career. The second is about transitions and change, and the difference between transition and change. It's called this one's called Roll Up Your Sleeves, leading and living in a world of constant change. And the third book will come out next year and it's called check your pocket and it's about a new way to look at how to do planning and strategy and business and life so so that's my my third one's coming out when it comes out i'll call you back so <laughs> yeah please do please do so yeah it, it's interesting in in the terms of you've you've described your family situation you know your granddad with five grandchildren um, that you love spending time with and yet you seem to be sort of continuing working with as much gusto as as ever um clearly sharing your experience but but also very much about the future right 
do you see yourself sort of continuing into the future sort of ad infinitum? I mean, there's so many people nowadays that just yeah. carry yeah. on. There's, the, you know, the world has changed in terms of life right. plans and careers and everything else. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I'll, I'll just continue to do this. Uh, I'm shifting now more from, you know, uh, I'm, I have – all I have, I have five clients. That's all I have. I work right now uh, nine months a year, uh, take three off, and uh, and I'm starting to write more of these these books. So I'll always do this because it's really not work. And if it feels like work, I'm not going to do it. And uh, so I, <laughs> really, I, and so uh, and it, for years I traveled all the time, and then I got close to I'm working here mostly in the area where I can drive and then now people are starting to come to me that's my new model is I have a conference center uh, uh, here in Birmingham where people come and spend 24 hours they come in at noon and they leave the next day at noon and they have developed their their life plan for the next five to ten years in in 24 hours and that's my new model where people are coming to me more than me going to them so I'm gonna be mm. riding and working and I'll always do this I guess until I Somebody says you're not good at it anymore, and then mm-hmm. I'll move out. And uh, but uh, but that's what you know. I just got back from uh, Costa Rica. I've been fishing for sailfish and marlin down there. I was in Belize last year, fly fishing for tarpon. And I just you know I just try. I have you know mm-hmm. I really I've tried to take what I I actually try to do what I talk about I, about design. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i actually try to do what i write about which i know it's kind of <laughs> odd but uh, <laughs> you know, so, you know, i certainly don't have it figured out but i you know i just i i pinch myself every day to think i get paid to do this and see people's lives change and it be a small part of all that and uh you know it's just real real rewarding yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, I have a friend who's too. moved to Belize. So next time you go, let me know. I'll put you in touch. Okay. <laughs> I keep yeah. saying I'm going to go and visit her, but I haven't made it yet. But uh, maybe yeah. I should be inspired to do that. So, okay, I'm intrigued then. So you you talked about um, having an accident which changed your career in the early uh-huh. days. Yes. What you're doing is actually quite um, I don't know enlightened um, for um, you know somebody i guess you're probably a baby boomer are you if we're talking in terms yes, of um right. yep. whatever's um it's quite an enlightened thing to be doing how did you get to where you are with this uh, sort of following i mean you talked obviously as i said about the the accident originally but you know mm-hmm. things must have changed quite a lot in the between times too was there a particular catalyst for that you know people often want to do the sorts of things that you're doing and work in the sort of way that you are but yeah. the actual transition to do that doesn't always come easy Oh yeah, and it, it was a struggle. I, you know, when I I couldn't find a job, I started doing sales and things like that. But I always came back to this. Uh, and so yeah, what happened was uh, I was on an airplane, and I had and I was a guy sat down next to me, and he said, "What what do you do?" And that's when I didn't have a job. And I said, "Well, you don't have any. I'm in between here and don't really know what I'm going to be doing." And he said, "What do you like to do?" And I said, "Well, when I was with the a church and the, the organization I'd really enjoyed training and helping people kind of find out what their gifts are and I enjoyed uh, working with other churches they sent me to consult with other churches about how to I, my church really was growing I had understood how to make a church grow and I would go and teach other churches how to do that and I said I like doing that sort of thing 
And he, he looked at me and he said, well, Mike, you know what I do? Just exactly what you just said. I have a company and um, that's what I do. And he said to me, would you like for me to help you? I mean, you, if you can't believe there's a God, there is a God because he was an angel. <laughs> and I said, I thought, yeah, right. You're, you know, I've heard this before. And what, did I get, when did I get my checkbook out? <laughs> and he said, no. <laughs> he said, no, I've, I've tried. He said, I've helped several people get their businesses started. Most of them don't do what I suggest they do and most fail. But I think you might do that. And would you like for me to help you? And he came and helped me get started and showed me a pattern of how to present and how to sell because you know you can be most people want to be in consulting or do it on their own but the problem is they can't sell if you can't sell you can't be a consultant i'm sorry and he taught me a, i actually taught us a, a sales course he taught me how to how to teach a sales course and i taught myself the concepts of selling he said if you can't sell you'll never be successful mike and so i, I did this sales course and jim marshall was his name and he helped me get started supported me and uh, and then um, and then uh, then I decided to get in career work and uh, because I was really good at that part of it and I called Richard Bowles author of what colors your parachute which you probably have mm-hmm. heard of him I have yeah yeah and he, he died last year and he was 93 but Richard and I called him and said I'm going to get in this work dick would you help me and he said come on out and uh, literally come on out and I spent time with him and he taught me career stuff. And, uh, you know, there's just those people in your lives that just, uh, that's, I have, I told you I had this, my podcast is called small time leaders. Mm-hmm. And, and what I do is interview people about the leaders in their lives who did small things that made a huge difference in who they are as a person today. They're 10 minute podcast. And so that's what, and so I think of those people who did that for me, and it was always someone who just uh, kind of when I was at the bottom, you know, I, you know, I think um, I think God looks down, you know, and they show up and, uh, I, and you know, kind of God laughs mm. and winks. <laughs> and somebody, else, somebody else comes in your life who helps you, but you still have to take the chance. I mean, I could have told Jim, he put me in a real tight spot and said, in order to do this, I need for you to get 25 people to show up one day and we're going to do a sales class that I'm going to teach you. And I said, mm-hmm. I don't know how to do selling. He said, I don't care. Here's what you do. And he showed me how to get these people there. And I, I could, oh man, I didn't want to do that. But it was, I just said, I'm, I'm going to do it because I felt like I just did. So anyway, that's yeah. how I got that. But it was through people. But I did still have to take the step. You know, it's kind of like that, you know, Mel Robbins, I guess you've read her book, The Five Second Rule. And uh, she t- she talks about how do you uh, how you get started, uh, you know, when you don't you can't gain momentum uh, to get out and kind of count down five, four, three, two, one, and blast off and all that sort of thing. Right. Yep. But yeah. Uh, so yeah, taking a bold steps the hardest part. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So that's a that's that's such a brilliant story. I'm so glad I asked the question. Um, so glad you took the action. Um. I haven't heard of that five second rule book. Five second rule in our house is if you drop something on the floor, you yeah. can still eat it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the five second rule, I actually uh, just Google Mel Robbins and she has a Ted talk, which probably has 10,000 views. It's yeah. About, uh, it's called, Girl. yeah, I know that that is the, yeah, the three second rule in our house, I think. <laughs> yeah. Mine's probably the one, you know, mine's probably the 10 seconds. I'm probably even more flexible, but uh, yeah, um, that's great. And, um, and just a real, um, 
great example of being open to opportunities. I was on a call with somebody this morning and we were we were talking about what we've done since we last saw each other at the end of last year and and how sort of we both of us have done things that we weren't expecting but they were things that sort of appeared at a moment where we thought maybe it was a good thing to do and we've you know sort of grasped the opportunity and it'll work out or it won't but it'll lead us somewhere in Mm -hmm. the general direction that we want to go because we were talking about our vision for our businesses and and you know your story is just completely um sort of you know added to that on on that bit about being open to those sorts of conversations and and taking those opportunities when they come but also then taking the action as you said yeah uh, yeah and that that is the so i mean that's just a, a way and that's uh you know the first taking that first bold step you know it's you know it's really cognitive therapy that if you you know feelings follow actions not act, you can't feel your way into acting you have to act your way into feeling and that's what i talk with people about take a step take, mm-hmm. take one mm-hmm. action step towards that and one thing what's one step i could take a physical step towards something in and uh, as a buddy of mine says, momentum's a wonderful thing. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so, and if it's the right step, it'll lead to another one. If it's not, you know, it, it won't. Mm. Uh, mm. Yeah, know, yeah. I, but we all have different personalities. And, you know, some are risk takers and people naturally and some aren't. And I am. So I'd have to always step back and realize I'm a little bit more risk uh, taking than probably the majority of the people in the world. So, yeah. So yeah. I just. Uh, so. Going back, you talked about working only nine months of the year and having three months off. How how does that work? How do, how do you keep your clients happy and how do you organise that? <laughs> oh, uh, I tell them I'm taking these months off and I'm going <laughs> and I'm and I'm going you know I'm going fishing or I'm going to Alaska or I'm going here and they just go. They're so envious, <laughs> you know. I mean, and, and it's I mean it actually makes it more. Uh, attractive to them that somebody could actually decide to do that yeah do it and so so right now it's three months and then next year it'll be four months and next year it'll be five months and then so that's my plan so finally I'll just I'll tell them one day I'll just fade away and you won't even know I'm gone (laughs) so (laughs) and then I'll be doing something else and uh, anyway so that's how and I hope it works that way and you know you know, God willing, and the creek don't rise, as we say here in in in, in Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, <laughs> that is a, that is a good point, though. It's a very simple answer to a, a very simple question. You know, right. how do you make it happen? I just tell them, <laughs> and then I do it. Yeah, and <laughs> it's, it's, it's uh, you know, again, a lesson in setting yeah. out your stall and and people understanding that that's what you're going to do. So, how do, how do you work with? your clients what do your days look like what what sort of shape is there to to what you're doing apart from uh, your three months yeah. off obviously <laughs> well uh i i book all my clients a year in advance so in october uh on november we booked the i booked the whole year so that's how i'm able to do this i have all my clients are on retainer the corporate they're all corporations i don't do retail work mm-hmm. i don't work directly with um I mean, I do for some friends, you know, and things like that. But so uh, that's how I do it. And so we, uh, and every client, when I meet with someone, I'll tell them it's a three-year process with anybody. If I start it, they're new because you really can't see any kind of change in less than three, three years. And so uh, so I'm on, that's how I do it. And so we, 
you know, we, we block the time off and then we have what their objectives are for the year, you know, what they want to see happen in their business or their life and by the end of that year. And then, uh, you know, as I, so if I'm coming the next month, I'll, we just, I, and I design the sessions, you know, as I go in and they're still about the same. As I said, I'll work with the board. I, I'm doing a CEO evaluation in my next meeting with a client, uh, the, with the board, I'll do an evaluation uh, for him, his annual evaluation. I process that with the board of directors. Uh, and then I meet with a, then my next meeting with them, I'm doing that. I'm meeting with the executive leadership team for a day. And I'm doing one-on-one sessions with some individuals I'm coaching the day in between. I'll be there. I usually go out for three to four days when I go for a week. So I'm out with the client. So I work a week at a time with the clients uh, in those months that I said there. And we designed the whole thing out at the beginning of the year, what the objectives are. And so, mm-hmm. so and that's how I work. And, uh, and uh, so and I raise my rates every year and it will cont- my goal is to work fewer days and make the same or more money. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and you know, and it's always been surprising t- to me that, you know, money really is, you know, never the issue. It's always value. And when I rate, I've never, I have none of my clients ever say, well, they say you charge a lot and I go, yeah, I do. But, uh, but the, uh, but they don't, I've never had anybody bulk from our, our drop away because of my fee prices they they just they don't i just think we need to all really think about what we're worth and what their value we bring is you know people uh, i'm not a consultant i don't work by as i say i don't clock in i don't work by the hour and some consultants do and i don't i would never do that i just uh I would tell you why I won't. I wouldn't do it because I used to work with. I used to work with some large international consulting firms. I mean, some big ones, and we work by the hour. And I remember saying, "The way you make more money is to work more hours." I don't think that's really a good way for a consultant <laughs> to work. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm working for outcomes, not hours. Yeah. So that's the approach. That's and it's taken me a while to get there. I'm not saying I got that out of the box, but. Uh, but yeah. Then, that's kind of, and I'm sure you do the same thing. You just, you know, here's the project. We'll get it done, and how we get it done, we don't really know, but but we'll get to the outcome. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. so it sounds actually quite simple in terms of how you work together. I'm not imagining loads of sort of tech and apps required for 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 what you're doing. Would that be fair, or <laughs> it, it, I misread that? <laughs> oh no, no, uh, and I don't I don't have emergency calls. Uh, well, mm-hmm. some, well, I have a few when there's a tragedy happening in an organization where I had to go in and so actually someone was killed and they called me in to facilitate the beginning of the grief process with the mm-hmm. people. That's pretty unusual, but no, it's, uh, I, you know, no, I, it's, it's really, uh, uh quite, yes, yeah, it's, it's a real simple model. And, mm-hmm. and I, uh, and you know, I, I just always feel like I'm going to see my friends and we talk and, and I say my job is to keep you from having food fights and, <laughs> and, and uh, you know, and think of things in a, in a different way. And I always joke with people, I'll say at the end of the day, you know, you should be confused at a higher level and I've done my job. So. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> oh, so, so you're somebody who's sort of had a lot of experience and, yeah. you know, as you said, had quite a lot of transition and change throughout your, your career. Mm-hmm. Um, but you haven't stopped and you've, you've got, you know, all these plans for the future. How do you keep yourself uh, sort of 
knowledgeable learning developing personally? Uh, well, it's, uh, <clears throat> you know, I used to read a lot of business books and things like that, but I don't. Uh, do, I read biographies and I read history and those kind of things now is for, uh, but I get, I, you know, listen to a few podcasts, uh, but mainly in my writing, that, you know, that I'm doing, it keeps me continuing to researching because I do have a little blog and all that. So all the time I have to always be researching information and topics and those kind of things. So that's uh, what I do. And the way I stay organized, I use the bullet journal. I don't know if you're familiar with the bullet journal. Yeah. 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 And that's, and that's just, I mean, I started using that two years ago. It's changed everything for me. It's just simplified things more than anything I've ever done. And uh, So tell us a bit more about that because it's something that's, that's still quite sort of um, popular in terms of there's uh, lots of people talking about it and, yeah. and you know, resources and so on. Um, it's, it's something I've heard quite a bit about. I don't do paper myself, so it's not appealed to me, but a lot right. of my podcast guests talk yeah. about how much they love paper diaries and paper, you know, notebooks and, and all that sort of thing. Um, yeah. So I'm sure the listeners are in a similar position. Just talk us through a bit about how it works and why it's worked so well for you. Uh, well, you know, it's, uh, you know, there's a lot of time management systems and those, you know, we all have a certain way we move through time. And what I like about the bullet journal is it lets you organize it in the way you think. Now people get, you know, if you look online, there's are people that have, made this journal so complicated and made these hour podcasts about how to save an hour in your, with your bullet journal. But there's always fanatics like that who take it way too far. But the fact is at the beginning of the year, you draw out your whole year and, um, and you can see that. And then each, you know, you create a list for every, at, at the beginning of every month. And then you create a list every day and you have, I have five things on that list and I just follow those in that order, no matter what happens to me. That's what's helped me more than anything is to say, these are the, these are the five things I'll do today and I will do them in this order. That way I'm not trying to think about what I'm going to do next. I'm not trying to decide should I do this one or that one. That's where we waste energy when we don't have a system that, that says your next step is, your name is this. Yeah. And, and then, you know, it has these uh, pages where you, you know, I, I have all my pot, like this podcast, I have a page for it, all my podcasts, I have a page for each client I work with. And it's just easier to get to. I still use Outlook, you know, to keep my calendar. But this, but this allows me, if I have a thought, I just flip over and write on that person's page what, what it's about. But the listing, that simple putting together a, a list at the beginning of the month of the things you need to work and then pulling those over each day to the three to five things you're going to do is, I mean, that's not brain. <laughs> that's nothing, but it's easy. I mean, I, and I like paper uh, and I, mm -hmm. uh, and I don't, uh, uh, I technology, uh, I have a quote that says technology can wither the soul. And I, <laughs> and I, Oh my gosh. It, uh, you know, I just despise, I, I wish, I mean, I'm, I'm glad we're able to do this, but, uh, you know, I, uh, technology and I don't get along. I have my password for Apple. I have an Apple computer, a Mac. My password for there is never before because uh, about half the time I call Apple and tell them what's going on with my, my Mac, they say this has never happened before. And so I have a really, and when I worked in the corporation, they wouldn't even let me near the copy machine because I have 
field force field that destroys technology i think so <laughs> I, I, you know that's a personal bias and a you know kind of a fluke of me but i just i like the the paper part and yeah uh, the simplicity yeah. of the bullet journal i mean it's just so, it's it can be so simple and but they can make it real complicated but but if you look at the little uh they have like a five minute video on how to do the bullet journal. And that's what I looked at and it helped me so much. Yeah, really? Yeah. 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 Cause some people, the artistic ones, they like, they absolutely decorate their, their journals, don't they? But that sounds oh. to me like just procrastination that you just don't get anything done. Cause you're too busy <laughs> coloring <laughs> in. <laughs> how do you, yeah. You know, how do you have, it's like, how do you have time? So I don't do, you know, video games or I don't do gaming online. I don't do any of that stuff. I just can't imagine. I even, I have a Facebook, but I have somebody manage my Facebook for me because I just don't want to get on it. it it's yeah. just a distraction. All, all yeah. that to me is just technology uh, can consume you. And it's, and I mm. see people that are addicted and it's, it worries me, but anyway, mm -hmm. I just do what I can do. Yeah. I'm an old Sorry. guy too. So. <laughs> As I say, uh, I'm old, but I'm slow. So, <laughs> but I don't think that view is is unusual. As I say, I think so yeah. many people do, yeah. you know, want to avoid technology and and do like using um, pen and paper. So, um, so thank you. That was really really helpful because I yeah. haven't used it and and you know don't know enough about it to yeah. to talk about it. But um, uh, uh, that, is, and there is one app I use that's changed my life, and it's called Noom. Ooh. Noom N O O M. Uh, I've lo I lost forty five pounds in five months and I'm healthier than I've ever been it was because of that app it's called Noom oh. it, it, it will it change it it was it was not a dieting app it's not a lose weight app I mean you do that because of it it's it takes you how to rethink about your life and um so and you can try it for two weeks for free and I'd, I'd encourage anybody to do that because it I mean it my my wife is the same way all my family now have all, they're all have done it and they're kind of at their mm -hmm. ideal weight and feeling better and sleeping better. And you don't have, if you can't sleep, you can't do that. You know, nothing works if the no. it didn't work. So I would encourage anybody to look at that and take a, a take a look. It's funny yeah. too. It's fun. It's, it's actually fun. Lovely. Uh, I'm, I'm going to check it out now. <laughs> I've not heard of it either. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you. So yeah. last couple of questions. So the first one is, what about those days where everything goes horribly wrong and things don't work out? How do you deal with those? Well, uh, what I, uh, what my intention is to just get up and take a walk and pray. But what I usually do <laughs> is <laughs> I, you know, I get angry and I, and I, uh, uh, you know, when things don't get, you know, I'll, I'll uh, if things get out of my control, I'll, I'll tend to get angry and, uh, and maybe hit something. And, but then I'll take a walk and I'll pray. So, when things just and and I and I go and I go back to my list, you know, my what's what's my next thing to do when things go wrong? But uh, the answer is, you know, of course, to me, the answer is always. Uh, I have a mantra, uh, and, uh, and that is pray first. And I have a sign, and and if I ever if I always just do that, then everything sort of takes care of itself. So that's my that's yeah. my backstop, yeah. Yeah, lovely. Thank you. And what about those days where you get to live more, and that's where 
you get to do more of the things that you want to do and, and less of the stuff that you don't want to do. Yeah. What do they look like? You've, I think you've described a lot of them already, but yeah, <laughs> go on, tell us again. I, oh, yeah. Well, you know, when I've helped someone or some group discover their next step and, and how to get there, kind of where they're to with it, that's, you know, that's it for me. It's not, I talk about, you know, the fishing and the dogs and all that, and those are fun, but, you know, you don't find people who search for meaning and leisure and those kind of activities will, will or wind up, you know, wanting and back at the same place. So just when I've hit that, and also, you know, when I, of course, when I cash a big check, that always gets me going too. And send, when I send the invoices out, I like that. <laughs> Brilliant. But, I think but, that's another first for the podcast. I don't think anyone <laughs> said that before either. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but my, uh, my son who, my son is, uh, uh, he's in charge of technical training for a large, the largest healthcare system in in america and he's and i we talk a lot and he has a he has a a disability where he can only really work four hours a day and he's one of the most productive people at at the company and i asked him how he did how he does that and he says well dad you know i just put together a plan and and hand it to the people and step back and watch god's grace work And, and he uh and that's you know, and I think that is the biggest lesson for us to, no matter what you do, to realize uh, that we're not in control here, and we got to do our best. But there is a, a a bigger purpose for us all. So mm-hmm. that's what I. Yeah. Anyway. Brilliant. He sounds. He sounds like a chip off like? the old block. I have to say. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he he's wiser than I am, and I'm just you know, gosh, at thirty at thirty five years old, and can have that kind of uh, look outlook on the world is, is yeah. a, a blessing. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So thank you, Mike. It's been really interesting talking to you today. Let people know how they can get in contact yeah. with you and find out more about you. Yeah. <clears throat> so my website is Michael Allen Tate. That's Alan, actually A L A N. Uh, Michael Tate, uh, dot com. That's my website. Uh, my book website, The White Shirt, is whiteshirtbook.com. And, uh, but you can get there through my website. And if you go there and you listen to this podcast, uh, there's a free workbook that you can download from The White Shirt Book that shows you how to take the process. And there's a, a set of videos, free videos, that shows you how to make your next career move. So... Uh, you can contact me there. My phone number is uh, 205-533-0429. I know that'll all be in the show notes. And I appreciate your asking, Joe. And, uh, yeah. With this. yeah. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Really enjoyed it. Thank you, Mike. Thanks. Attention, home-based coaches and consultants. Are you tired of feeling alone, isolated, and frustrated with running a home-based coaching or consulting business? Are you sick of feeling like your life would be better and you'd be happier if you felt more organised and productive? Do you feel like there's simply not enough time in a day to get all the things done that you need to do to build a successful business while making time to live more? It's time to stop the isolation and start getting more organised, productive and focused on the skills that will move the needle forward. It's time to join the Power to Live More Calm membership. If you're ready to, Stop creating the wheel and focus on the things that truly matter in your life and business. Learn what you need to know to be successful and live more. 
Get accountability help from a group of like-minded home-based business owners. To learn more about the Power to Live More Calm membership program and apply, visit powertolivemore.com slash get calm. Use your power to live more. 